What's up? What's up? This is an under construction special. Uh, today we woke up to some news that uh, Mr. Marty Herney, the two-term Carolina Panthers general manager, was relieved of his duties today. David Thanos. <laughs> Snap it real quick. Some people were relieved on, on, on Panthers Twitter. I saw somebody wrote a, a, a damn near essay. <laughs> about uh, Mark Kearney being let go, and some people are just are just confused at the timing. Uh, Jamal, how how do you feel about Herney being let go at this point? Man, believe it or not, man, I don't hate it and I don't love it. Um, you, <laughs> I, the timing is is really just weird. Kaz is jumping on right on time. What's up, brother? What's good, y'all? Um, just I was just telling uh, Rodney, man, the timing of the firing of Marty Herney is just puzzling. Uh, there's two weeks left in the season. And let me say this. When I first when I first saw the news this morning, my first question was, what was David Tipper expecting out of this season? Because all season, my thinking was, if you if it is understood that you are going through a year where you are retooling, rebuilding, whatever fancy word you want to use, conventional wisdom would tell you that Herney has a longer lease in that situation. We see, we saw now that definitely was not the case. So my first question again was, well, what did you expect? Uh, the team won four games. It's probably one more than a lot of people thought we'd win. So I just, you know, before we start really digging and researching as far as the reasons why he was let go, I just I didn't get it. That was my first reaction. Like, why? What? It it it, it honestly seemed a little hasty when I first heard it. Kaz, what do you think about it, man? Yeah. I, so I was wrong on this because we talked about it briefly in a episode earlier, and uh, you know I said I, I didn't I didn't think that I, I felt like they were going to give Herney. I felt like they were going to give Herney, you know, like one more season. But, you know, it's not uncommon in the NFL for GMs to be let go before the end of the season. And when you have a season like like this, uh, there has to be a scapegoat. You know, two uh, – well, this is the, the third losing season in a row, and I know it's, it's a rebuild, but Herney has been the GM for every one of those seasons. Uh, but I, I don't. I'm not certain it was a performance reason that Tepper let Herney go. And like he said on his Twitter statement, it was time just time for a change. Um, he wanted someone that was more analytics driven, whereas Marty Herney. I mean, Marty Herney's first draft pick was in what 2002. So you know he's a 90, old. I think 98, maybe. Yeah, maybe older than that. I, I know. Well, he drafted Julius Peppers for the Panthers. You know, his first year as GM for us after Bill Polian left. So. You know, he is an old school, traditional GM. And I think, you know, Tepper, one of these uh, new young owners, um, I, I think that, that he was just like, hey, it, we want, you know, something something newer, more analytics driven. Although analytics in, in the NFL doesn't lend itself to the NFL as much as it does in the NBA in Major mm -hmm. League Baseball. But um, I, I kind of feel for Herney. But you know, someone had to fall on the sword this year, and I think it was him. Yeah, yeah. But, but but why? But but why, Kaza? Like, the, the, is this is this one of those uh, I'm a billionaire and I want what I want right now type of things where all oh, somebody's got to get fired? Like, <laughs> like here's my question. Here's what I'm getting at. Yeah, is, is he just firing somebody just to fire somebody? I guess that's what I'm asking, man. Well, I feel like he did that with Ron Rivera and. We, we still don't know the whole situation with Cam, but, uh, <laughs> you know, he kind of I, – I, Tepper's always been like, hey, we want to kind of wipe away the everything that has to do with the old Carolina Panthers. This is a new – not just a new team, but a completely new franchise and business organization. They moved the headquarters to a completely different town. The headquarters is now 30 miles away in another state, you know, um, He's coming in, he's talking about building a new stadium, which is great, but there's nothing but change since Stepper took over, and I think this is just more, Time. more of that. I think the only reason Herney is even GM is because he wasn't happy with the job Dave Gettleman was doing, so he went with something familiar. So um, I got you. So, so guys, so guys I, I'm, I'm going to read some numbers to you. 
and tell me what you think. 15 years, three playoff appearances, one Super Bowl appearance, 238 total games, 106 wins, 132 losses, 44% win percentage. If you had a GM that did that, what would you call it? Well, well, let me take this because I I just discussed this in another Facebook Carolina sports group. Those numbers are skewed because if we recall. Get out my head, Kaiser. (laughs) After EJ Emanuel threw a last second touchdown to put the, the Panthers two games in the hole way back in 2012, Marty Herney got fired the next game. What happened that year? The Panthers went to the playoffs and won the division. The next season they had a losing record, but they won the division. And then the next season they go 15-1 and and go to the Super Bowl. That was a team Marty Herney built. He was fired before he could really see what he had built come to fruition. So now the Panthers are a good team. We're a perennial playoff team. We win the division three straight times, which had never been done before. We go to the Super Bowl. We have this great run. And he doesn't get to count those as his accomplishments because technically he wasn't the GM. Dave Gettleman was. His his track record would look a lot better if he had been the GM during those years. And to be fair, that was his team. David Gettleman added some decent pieces, but the core of that team, uh, Greg Olson, Cam Newton, Luke Keaton, Thomas Davis, that was Herney's, that was Herney's team. And so they fire him. And then the horn, and then the, the Panthers have this three, four years of prosperity. And then when they suck again, they fire the guy they <laughs> replace him with and bring him back and then expect him to work magic. I, that's why I think those, you know, if you look at Herney's or the team's history while Herney was GM, it's a little it, it's it's a little uh deceiving. Yeah. Gotcha. Um uh, again, Kaiser, get out my head, man. You stole a lot of my thunder. But what I was going to kind of say, not as uh, not as articulate as Kaiser put it, man, but um, look at the division we're in. We are in the NFC South. The NFC South has been an absolute dogfight for the last 15 years, notwithstanding the Bucks, who just got good this year. But just to kind of give us some, some context, Thomas Dimitrov, who just got fired, it took him 12 years to get fired for the Atlanta Falcons GM job. So you kind of I, – I, I put that into context to kind of say it's understandable why GMs in the NFC South get a longer lease than other GMs do, which is kind of why I feel like the numbers you just, you just uh, presented are a little bit skewed because of the competition that we have to face each year. Now, if we're Jacksonville and, and, <laughs> and we have those numbers, then, you know – of course, it probably took way too long to get rid of him. But in this particular situation, man, the, again, the, the the numbers are what they are, but they don't tell the whole story as well. So, guys, so Panthers Wire released an article stating the 10 reasons why Marty Herney got fired. Who's going to read the trash? I know, I know. See, this is why we can be like, we're not journalists. Because if I was a journalist, I would do the journalist integrity. I wouldn't criticize another journalist's article. But I'm just a fan with a podcast. So we can can give them that smoke. Trash article. Trash article. I'm going to read them off to you. Number 10, no new new deal for Curtis Samuel. Nine, no no new deal for Taylor Moore. Eight, the size of Shaq Thompson's extension, which has some merit to it. Uh, the timing of the Christian McCaffrey contract, which is number seven. Six, letting James Bradbury leave. Five, the Rashawn Golden pick. <laughs> Four, trading up for Greg Little, 2019. Three, the Will Greer pick, 2019. Two, the length of the Bridgewater deal. And number one, the releasing of Cam Newton. I, 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 number um, one in particular, I, I, I don't know who's who was completely behind the releasing of Cam and how that happened. So I can I tell can you. I'm in on that. Let me say this, man. Look, when, when these kind of Bleacher Report articles come out when it comes to the Hornets, we always say this. Hindsight 
the the hindsight glasses always fit. They fit every single time you put the hindsight glasses on. Um, some of these moves on this list are inconsequential, in my opinion. Like Curtis Samuel not having a new deal is not a big deal right now. It, it's really not. That that's just kind of uh, that's no, no fluff. Giving Curtis Samuel a deal. What what has he seriously to for us to think that he's deserving of a deal? I, well, he's shown us that he's not the, uh, the 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 training camp MVP. Ooh, big deal. Let's give him $10 million a year based off that. But, <laughs> but you know, I, again, these type of articles, man, I, you know, they don't really give you full context. It's just a list. Um, nobody's saying Marty Herney was perfect. You're not going to be perfect. No GM is. The Rashawn Garden thing looks really bad. I'm not going to lie. Uh, we, we're passed up on on the on the defensive end that's playing for the Saints right now, who's killing it. We could have had him and Chin on the same defense, but again, it's hindsight, and we can't say that we were looking at it uh, beforehand. So it's just kind of cheap to really to really focus on that right now, honestly. So guys, so guys, uh, I'm I'm a transition to uh, so uh, I'm going to read this quote to you. Uh, the question was with a possible top five pick in the 2021 draft. On the horizon, who would have the final say on the pick? Mr. Temper said, <laughs> I think it should be the GM with a lot of talk with the head coach and some potentially input from me. Sometimes I may just have to be the tiebreaker, but I think it should be collaborative. What is what, what, what was your first thought on that quote? Matt Rule is going to be the new GM of the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because, okay. Consider why why did Tepper bring Matt Rule in? There's a very specific reason he picked Matt Rule. And that's because Matt Rule had a history in college of turning around bad programs. But as we know, in college, a college head coach is essentially the GM of the team. He recruits people with his staff. He says, these are the guys I want. He makes all of the personnel decisions. It is his team. It's not like that in the NFL. In fact, the coach very rarely makes personnel decisions as far as the composition of the team. Essentially, the GM does, and the coach does what he can with those players. I don't think that works for Matt Rule. I, it wouldn't shock me if Matt Rule went to Tepper and said, I, I can't build a team, nothing against Herney, but I can't build a team with players that I don't pick. And we talked about this um, with Teddy Bridgewater. There's no chemistry there. I don't think Teddy was Matt Rule's guy, honestly. Based on the, this firing and everyone <clears throat> here every week, I don't think Teddy was, was his guy. And I think Matt Rule's like, hey. Now, one of our uh, people in chat said Matt Rule came out and says he doesn't want to be the GM. But I, things change in the NFL. I mean, they change very, very quickly. And there was talk. There's rumors that Matt Rule was very, very involved in the draft process. A lot of people are saying Jeremy Chin was his pick and Marty Herney won Isaiah Simmons. Now, based on the interviews after the draft, I don't get that. Herney made it sound like he was wheeling and dealing to be able to move up to pick Chin. But if that's true, even a little bit, it wouldn't surprise me if Matt <clears throat> was given um, more executive control over the personnel. Jamal, well, Jamal, what 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 about that quote stood out to you? I'll tell you the first thing I thought of when I when I saw the quote, but I also want to kind of I, I I guess challenge what Kaza said as well. The first thing I thought when I saw that was, boy, if Michael Jordan would have said something like that, oh <laughs> holy hell, oh my god, <laughs> Charlotte would have lost their damn mind if if oh, Michael Jordan would have said something like that. But anywho, um. As far as Matt ruling and how much uh, you know control that he's ultimately going to have going forward, now on one hand, you look at how much money he's making, and David Tepper is perfectly within his right to be like, "Look, man, you get paid a lot of money. You need to go ahead and handle the GM duties too, bro." But, <laughs> but with that being said, right, right. But with that being said, man, I've, I'm I've also seen similar reports saying that Matt Rule doesn't, you know, he's not a fan of also being the GM as well. Uh, they're they're already they're already talking about uh, candidates to, to replace Marty Herney, man. But I do think Matt Rule is probably going to be the biggest voice in the room, even though they're going to hire a GM. You know, I, I, 
Oh, go, go ahead. Finish. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Kaza. No, I was going to say, I could see Tepper splitting the, the duties, saying, you, whoever we bring in, you are the money guy. Matt Rule is the personnel guy. We've seen NFL. Which, which ultimately, I think that is probably what got Herney fired. It's, I don't think it's being stated a lot. I really don't. I, I, I don't think they're really harping on that. But I want to look, I actually want to point out uh, uh, one of our followers said, and this was a damn good point, man. He was saying that, you know, when we're, we're so calling this retool rebuilding thing, but we don't have any money to spend. And it's like that doesn't make a lot of sense theoretically. And I think that some of the challenges or, or some of the, the, the faults that Marty Herney kind of presented itself you know what i mean so that may have been a real key as to why marty herney doesn't have a job now so guys i'm i'm thinking that tepper wants somebody younger and somebody that kind of meshes better with rule and and just kind of sees things his way and can bring that analytical balance plus the old school approach to, to everything. He, he, he wants everything, everybody to be on the same page. I, I me, agree with that. To me, it, to, to me, this shows that, that, that maybe Marty was kind of too rigid with, with some things and they, they just didn't agree with some of his choices. Well, I mean, I, I think it goes without saying, man, because, you know, as far as what Tepper's been saying all day, he, he's literally had to stop himself from saying, old school, every other sentence he was describing Marty Herney. He was like, well, I don't want to say old school, but, you know, um, yeah. and, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and I mean, he's alluded to the fact that he wants Marty somebody. In the water, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, but, you know, as far as what Tepper was saying, man, I mean, he he, he made it pretty clear, man, he wants to go in this analytical direction. Um, he, he didn't, you know, he didn't necessarily uh, uh, hate how Marty Herney did things. But he just wasn't on the same page as him and Rule. So, you know, it's hard though because Marty Herney, if you look at pure talent evaluation, there were Marty Herney in the last decade brought four future Hall of Famers to the Panthers, at least three. You know, you got Cam Newton, Lou Keekly, and Greg Olson. Those three guys are going to wear jackets. They're going to wear jackets. You sure? Yeah, they are, Ronnie. We sure about Cam. Look, look, I love Cam, but we sure about Cam. Cam Newton, if he retired at the end of the season, would wear a jacket one day. I don't see how he would. I don't. I don't see how he wouldn't, man. I, I don't, don't see how he wouldn't. All the records that he's broken. Bash Ty agrees with me. We don't see it. I, I don't see. I don't see how you could not. He's not going to be a first ballot guy because he he didn't win the Super Bowl. But you have a guy who for a short short period of time was as dominant as Cam Newton has done and has done something. No quarterback really has has ever done that bodes well for him. But even if he even if he doesn't make the Hall of Fame, I mean Cam Newton the, 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 at one time was the best player in the entire league. And then you got Luke Eakley, you got Greg Olson, you had Thomas Davis. He, and then and then if you go back to the you know uh, Julius Peppers, Ryan Khalil, uh, Jordan Gross. I mean all pro after all pro after all pro. And the knock on Herney has always been, well, look at that's, that's it's easy to pick well in the first round, is like, is it? But is it? Yeah, I know, right? Is it really? But it's like, what does he do in the later rounds? Somebody please name these teams that is just stocked full of talent that they picked up in the third round beyond. It doesn't happen in the NFL. And but you know what, Kaza? You know, coincidentally, when when it comes to uh, Marty Herney picking all this great talent in the first round. It's kind of like he's kind of, in a way, he's kind of created his own problem simply because how do you pay these guys all the time? He he has constantly had the problem, the good problem of having to balance exactly who he has to pay because these guys are so talented. Which is one big knock on Herney. He pays the wrong people. Yeah, right. Because we couldn't keep Chris McCaffrey. <laughs> 
James Bradbury. Well, not, not necessarily McCaffrey, because I think it, any te- there's no team that would have let McCaffrey go. Let McCaffrey go. There isn't a single team in the NFL. That you did not look. You did not have to pay him right now. There's not a single team in the NFL that wouldn't have paid that man his money. It just wouldn't have happened. I, no, it, now, 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 Ronnie, I agree with that. I, I don't think they had to pay him at that moment. They could have had a, a, well, at least flexibility for another season if they Alvin just would have held off. Era was the linchpin. Because if you wait, because that was the next big deal. Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, very similar back. The Saints were waiting on what we were going to do to see what the market was, and we were waiting on what the Saints were going to do with Kamara. That was a weird timing situation. But I'm talking more so about like the Teddy Bridgewater deal. We're locked into Teddy, and I think everyone's kind of like, I don't know if Teddy's that guy, but we got to pay this man $40 million in the next two years. Yeah. We, we, we certainly remember, uh, <laughs> we certainly remember D'Angelo Stewart and, or D'Angelo Williams and John Stewart. And although those guys are great for us, them cats was getting paid 35 million bucks 10 Ooh. years ago. Right. Um, you know, I, right. Hardy, Herney, you know, James Bradbury should be a Carolina Panther, but we couldn't pay him. You know, you think all the guys that we had to let go, so that we could pay whoever. Uh, uh, but but uh, again, I mean, even with the James Bradbury thing, it's it's a hindsight game again, man. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it's easy for us to come over here and say, "Oh man, you should have played. You should have paid Bradbury." Brad, keep in mind, Bradbury did want a a lot of money, and 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 Shaq Thompson's deal was a bit more suitable. Not not by much, but I don't know, I, I'll say this though. I mean, Shaq Thompson has had a Interesting season, yeah. I, yeah. I think James that's, a, that, that's a nice diplomatic way to put it. I think James Bradbury would have been more important to our defense this year than Jack Thompson. I know it doesn't seem that way, and you're right. Hindsight glasses a little bit, but, but I think they were banking on Shaq Thompson to be that leader for the young defense. James Bradbury's never been like a real super vocal guy, quiet guy, very quiet. Yeah, guy. but I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. He, yeah, he's not like a shutdown corner. But I'll I'll put him on an island with Julio Jones and see, you know. I mean, he's proven himself. I mean, this yeah, is a tough. Exactly. This, this is a very tough division to be a good cornerback, man. He's he's proven himself. Right, and I, it just you know now now we're without him and we're kind of I, I don't want to say stuck with Shaq Thompson, but now he really needs to take a big leap next season, and this is the season that he should have taken that leap. Right, no doubt. So guys, so guys, I, I have a question. Temper said uh, one of the reasons. Why they didn't hire, they didn't fire Herney last year, was because of, of, of the transition of, of power from 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 him to from uh, Richardson to him, and this quote stood out to me: "The student has to become the teacher." What do you think about that? <laughs> Marty, <laughs> I, Marty Herney is a great guy. That's all I'm going to say. Marty Herney is one hell of a guy to sign up for this job. Um, I often say, man, optics matter. And if I'm a GM that is, that's not hired right now and I got some options you know, for different teams, I'm kind of giving the Carolina Panthers a side eye right now, man. Um, oh, look, don't, don't steal my thunder. I got, I got another question later. All right. I, look, I, well, I, I, won't, I won't go that far, man. But I, it, it's just, you know, man, there's not a lot of GM jobs in the NFL. You got to take what you can get, man. But if I'm Marty Herney, I'm just like, I, I, that's kind of setting him up for failure, man. So you, so, so you wouldn't feeling David Tepper Jones's comment? Uh, nah, bro, I, I'm, I'm not feeling that at all, man. Oh, sir, Jerry Tepper Jones. <laughs> <laughs> well, which is even more reason why this just feels, I, I'm, it just feels weird. It, it just, it just does. Like if, if Herney wasn't your guy to begin with, man. <laughs> Just start, start, fresh. New, start fresh, right? Just start completely fresh. If he wasn't, you got to begin with. So, so guys, so so guys, I so there there is essentially six GM openings right now. You got Houston, Carolina, Jacksonville, Detroit, Atlanta, and the football team in Washington. Like, where do you rank our opportunity on that? Panthers, Panthers got to be number one on that list. Maybe Houston. Um, the Panthers are not the Hornets. The Panthers, of all the teams you name, who's the best out of all those teams? Who's got the most potential out of all those teams? I would say if you if you if you want to if you want to be 
to me, if Jacksonville has that number one pick and Trevor Lawrence is who you think he is, that's number one. Houston already has the quarterback in place. That's number two, off rip. Carolina, Carolina, Washington, toss up. Well, so the thing is, well, Houston and Jacksonville in the same division, for one, uh, a generally historically weak division compared to the NFC South. So those would be attractive options. But realistically, even historically, the Panthers, even in this last decade, have been better team than the than the Texans and the Jaguars. Um, plus, Houston is, of course, the largest market out of those teams. But in the NFL, where you play doesn't seem to have as much influence in the track of free agent as the as it does in the NBA. Um, I just feel like if you look at you know what the Panthers are doing. They have a promising defense. They have some tools on offense. You get to come into a team that will probably have the number fourth pick. I, I think it's a, that's a good situation. It's a, certainly a better situation than Washington, I think. Um, also, the owner is a big, big thing. Now, Jacksonville's yeah. owner yeah. is shown that he's willing to spend money, but he's not like a football guy. He's just a guy with a, a fan with a lot of money. Tepper is a football guy, I think. Tepper, you know, came from a successful organization, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he wants to rebuild Carolina in that image. That bodes very well if you're a GM. The only bad thing is that your leash might be short. You think? I, I mean, I mean. This <laughs> will be the third GM in two seasons or in three years since Tepper took over. Uh, Gettleman, Herney, and then whoever. Well, no, actually, no. Um... Temper, I mean, Gettleman was fired under uh, Richardson. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. Now, Rodney, you know, sometimes you ask questions that I, that I don't directly answer right away. So here's one of them that I'm not going to directly answer right away. Because on one hand, if you look at historically who has been the better franchise over the past, what, 10, 15 years, go to Carolina Panthers. But on the other hand, if you look at how David Tepper kind of has been, has been operating the last two or three seasons, how can you really feel safe? Um, David Tepper in the last two seasons has let the franchise quarterback go. He's fired Ron Rivera, and he's let go of Marty Herney. And all of those decisions, um, to, at least to some people, may I, I, and I'm not saying this is really the, the truth, man, but all those season, decisions seem seemed a bit hasty to, to a lot of people. And I just would wonder how a potential GM looks at those rules and say, well, well damn, you know, it, it's the first draft pick that I missed. Am I out the door too? You know what I mean? If I'm a GM, of course I want some type of security. But then on the other hand, you look at how much Matt Rule is getting paid and you're like, well, I could also get my money too. So, I mean, there's just a lot of factors to look at, man. And at the end of the day, if I'm a GM and, and you know, they, uh, if they have me in the interview room, it's obviously for a reason. It's, you know, it's obviously because I'm that analytical guy that they're looking for. I try my best to, to, to kind of mirror whatever Matt Rule wants to do as far as building a better program. And that's pretty much it. So, so guys, I, I'm, I'm going to read. Look, I, I was just jotting down some notes. I have a list of five guys. Tell me what you think. Nick Casario from New England. Ed Dodge from the Baltimore well, – not the Baltimore. The, uh, I'm old. The Indianapolis Colts. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lake Dawson from the Buffalo Bills. Lewis Riddick from uh, formerly the Eagles. And Kevin Colbert of the Steelers. Uh, somebody mentioned Brandon Bean. I I just don't see that happening. He well, just Brandon, Brandon Bean just just signed an extension with Buffalo uh, last week to take him through twenty twenty five. So he's off the table. He would have been a great pick considering his history. Bring him back home and look at what he's done with Buffalo. He essentially stole all our players. He like went to Buffalo, stole <laughs> our defensive coordinator, stole <laughs> our players, and now they're going to win the division. Go figure. Um, he has the white Cam Newton. <laughs> right. Rodney, give me the first name again because I screwed people's names up. Nick Casario from the Pats. Um, I, I said that because Nick Casario, from what I've been reading, has been uh, – I, I guess he's the favorite <laughs> at, at this very early stage in, in, in the search. And, you know, you can't argue with history. You can't argue with success. He comes from the most successful 
NFL franchise in the last, you know, 10 to 20 years, man. So you definitely can't argue America's with that. I'm sorry. America's real team. Yeah, right. The, the, yeah. the real America's team. So you, I, if if I if I'm looking at that, man, I'm and now I'm also a big fan of Lewis Riddick. I know you're not, Rodney. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm a fan of Lewis Riddick because hearing him talk on ESPN, he seems to be the same guy that they're looking for as far as this analytical mind, this this young guy who can bring some new ideas to the table. So that's why I'm also a fan of Lewis, Lewis Riddick as well. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of on the Lewis Riddick train. I think it would be great to see a young black GM in a position uh, you know, like that. I was just gonna say, Chris, I, I can't. Um, you know, the thing about the the Patriots is we know Belichick can turn water into wine. Look at what he almost did this season with nothing, uh, with nothing, Cam Newton and nothing. And the thing is, is the reason he had nothing is because their GM failed to set them up for the possibility that they weren't gonna have anything. I mean. Cam Newton is a whole nother conversation, but it was like Cam Newton and us out there. <laughs> you know, I mean, there was nothing. New England had nothing after Tom Brady left. And I, that doesn't bode well, I think, for a GM's history. Of course, he, you know, he's got all these Super Bowl rings, but I, I don't know if that was him, his personnel, and Will and Dylan. And we've seen how New England, um, you know, handles stuff like, if you ask for his extension, they'll just cut your ass down. <laughs> no, right, right, right. Even if you think about it, they, they, they'll, they'll go ahead and ship you to Oakland or something right, like that. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, you know, Belichick, Bill Belichick is really the GM of the New England Patriots. He's, he's, I mean, he may not have that title, but. That is an interesting point because what I was going to say was like if if we may be making a bigger deal out of the drafting part than it needs to be because if Matt Rule is going to still be the, the, the final voice in the room, so to speak, does it really matter what the drafting history is? If Matt Rule is going to be that guy and then you and then you got Cesario handling all the other stuff, then it may be a perfect fit. Maybe. We'll see. So, guys uh... – Somebody interesting to me is Kevin Colbert from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, he signed a one-year extension last year. Uh, his contract's up after this year, and I think Tepper wants to pluck from that tree that that, that he was he was he was on at one point. Absolutely. And, I mean, if you, if you if you look at the Steelers, man, like, look, it's it they they rarely fail. <laughs> like, the drafting is a one. The uh, the uh, development is A1 as well. So he would be somebody that I would highly be interested in. I think him and Tepper would be on the same page. But I, I, I'm just concerned of how Rule, Rule would mesh with that. But here's the thing. Uh, and not to sound like a broken record, but at the end of the day, Matt Rule may have the final say-so uh, say as far as who's the GM because he's such a big key in all of this. You know what I mean? Uh, again, man, Tepper gave him a lot of money and a lot of responsibility. And I just feel like whoever is the G, whoever is the future GM, he's going to take a backseat to rule. He's not going to handle the, the 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 personnel stuff as much as we might think he is. You know what I mean? That actually might be why we see someone like Kevin Colbert come in. He's clearly got some kind of rapport with Tepper from, I mean, uh, Kevin Colbert has been with Pittsburgh for literally 20 years. So, you know, they know each other. And I think if he comes in to the situation and David Tepper says, hey, look, Matt Rule is going to be the guy. It'll be collaborative. But ultimately his call, I don't think Kevin Colbert is going to kick up too much fuss about that, honestly. Um, and, you know, what we've seen in the NFL, you win by copying winners. Yeah, Buffalo won the division because they said, we're going to model ourselves after Carolina Panthers, who modeled themselves after the New York Giants, who modeled themselves. So, and so now we've got this guy from Pittsburgh, and he's like, okay, I'm going to model us after the Pittsburgh Steelers, which has probably been the most consistent team in modern NFL history besides the Patriots. And if it's one thing the Carolina Panthers have lacked, it's consistency. consistency. Yes, sir. Literally, literally, statistically, analytically, everything, the most inconsistent team in the history of the league. 
I think Tepper wants to change that. So he says, who's the most consistent team? Pittsburgh. Let's model after them. And, le- and let me say this, man. This is, this is a very, very critical time for the Carolina Panthers for this reason. Look at the rest of the division. Look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They, they've pretty much just laid all their cards on the table and said, we want to win now. Now, meaning maybe it's this year or the next two years at the, at the latest. You got a 42-year-old Tom Brady. So, of course, time is of the essence. This is probably Drew Brees' last year, okay? Um, knows it needs to be. Right. Uh, uh, Matt, Matt Ryan ain't getting no younger. Julio Jones ain't getting no younger. So I say this is a critical time, man, because we we may be in a prime position where we could really be running this division for the next at least five to seven years. Could be, but we, but we got to get our, our things in order now, man. This is the this is right on. Right, this needs to be the time where we get our GM, coach, and owner all on the same page, so we can finally build some consistency. Yeah, this draft is going to be super key. important. Because like I said. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Once the, the all the uh, the old heads of the division fall off, if we don't have a guy in place, if we don't have a franchise guy, we're we're just gonna be wasting time. Um, whereas if we already got a guy that we feel like can lead the franchise, then yes, yeah, you know, we're, we're about to be in a very very good position. This is such a key draft for the Panthers, and I, I think maybe Tepper felt like Herney was gonna screw it up. Maybe he felt like, hey, I I don't want to leave this dude. Party fans, I know he's got a good draft record, but some of his other things, uh, some of his other areas are flawed. Yeah. So. Now, now this is just strictly a rhetorical question, man. But I, I just I wonder if Tepper looks at like some of the draft picks that we got this year, and I, and I, I'm obviously not talking about you know the, uh, Jeremy Chan, obviously, you know what I mean. But I wonder to see is he looking at some of the other guys and saying, you know what, man. I'm really not happy with the with the way these other guys have produced. Man, I think look, we can look. do better. For instance, go to 2019. Brian Burns, A1. Right. You traded up for Taylor Moten, who hasn't exactly worked out. I mean, he's he's decent. He's, mm-hmm. he's been okay. <laughs> not, not Taylor. Is it Taylor Moten? I'm not not sure. Taylor Moten, man. It's, it, it wasn't Taylor Moten. It was uh, Greg, Greg Little. Greg Little. Greg Little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You trade up for Greg Little, who hasn't worked out at all, really. Right. He was injured all last year. He hasn't, frankly, looked that great. This hey, Greg Little's getting playing time because Russell Okung just decided he wasn't going to play this season. That's Another basically bus. it. Another right. bust. Um, and then, and then you waste a third round pick on Will Greer, like that. That that to me had to have been a Marty call. Let me call an audible real quick because I've said this before. I, I, speaking of Will Greer. I, I firmly believe now we always want to make it clear that we don't have intel and we're not in the room, so to speak. So this is just speculation. I have always thought that Marty Herney should not take the fall for Will Greer. I just firmly believe in my heart that it was a David Tepper call. And I, I, I've listened, but, but listen to where I'm going with this. You saw the quote today where David Tepper said, well, if you, if you don't, if you don't have uh, the, the the franchise quarterback, the quarterback is always under evaluation. If you look at the Cam Cam Newton situation, we all can see now that he really didn't want Cam Newton around, so he was clearly evaluating the franchise quarterback situation, which kind of led me to believe that they they shot their load and drafted Will Greer in the third round, and I kind of believe that was a David Tepper call. I really do, man. Yeah, I, I could see that. Gotcha, gotcha. So uh, enough of this GM talk. Uh, so uh, we got some news today that uh, the Panthers didn't have a Pro Bowl selection. Give me your angry thoughts. Oh, my God. Are you serious? We, 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 we were one of the few teams with no Pro Bowl selections. Of course, there won't be any alternate this year because the Pro Bowl won't be played, but we have no Pro Bowl selections. So Brian Burns just wasn't good enough to uh, the voters. It's hard for me to answer this to kind of comment on this because I don't. I, I, this is my first time hearing about it, and I don't know who made it in front of Brian Burns. I don't know who made it in front of Jeremy Chan. Chase Young. Chase Young. Sorry, Chase Young. You got to be kidding me, bro! Like, <laughs> I, I'm speechless. Kaiser, please go ahead. I, I'm gonna come back to me on this one, bro. Like, what in the world? 
Uh, <clears throat> popularity contest. Is Bleacher Report doing the Pro Bowl voting? We, we say this a lot. You know, the, the Panthers aren't the Hornets. Um, the, the Panthers have a lot more respect in the league than the Hornets do, uh, not, not just from uh, the league itself, but from the fans and the media as well. I think people generally respect the Carolina Panthers, but I think this is one of those things where we got snubbed because the general consensus is that, well, the Panthers aren't a very good team and you know they're, they're from Charlotte. Um, statistically, in, I, I want to be fair to Brian Burns. He had a great season, and if he were to play the rest of the season, he probably, which he should not, but he'll probably, he would probably finish in double-digit sacks. He had seven and a half last year playing uh, at the outside linebacker spot. This year he moves over to defensive end and racks up eight sacks so far. He probably would have finished with between nine and 11, which generally is to me, that's good enough to make a pro bowl unless you've got, you know, some monster ahead of you. But I think given that the Panthers defense was kind of slow to like get together and gel into a competitive unit, I think that hurt a little bit. Um, it, it, it's hard. I, I I feel like offensively, I feel like Robbie Anderson maybe had a case. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like he was actually probably a bigger snub than anyone on our defense. He comes into a new system. Everything's new. Everything's new. Coach, quarterback, and still puts up a thousand yard season. Um, you know, I, I mean, I know it's tough when you got. You know, you're always going to have guys like Julio Jones, you know, make the Pro Bowl. I know it's tough for wide receivers. Um, there are four of those slots. Kaza, stop being nice, man. Um, you, you, you're too nice on this, bro. Um, I, I, I find it very interesting how this comes after a weekend where Ohio State gets in the college playoff playoff over Texas A&M. I just find that very damn interesting. And, 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 and the point that I'm ultimately getting to is that Florida when you State have, I'm sorry, Florida State is irrelevant. <laughs> Funny guy. So the point that I'm getting to is the media. Uh, it's like they have the the guys that they're kind of going to pick no matter what. You know what I mean? They're kind of like like Chase Young was the golden guy before he even stepped on the field. He got the hype way more than Brian Burns ever would have. Brian Burns comes from a, from a garbage Florida State program right now. Chase Young is fresh, you know, off of, off of a, I guess, you know, a competitor in Ohio State. So I said to say, man, some of these media guys, I guess they have no, no real reason to pay attention to the Panthers nationally, but they do because the Washington football team is more of a nationally recognized brand. That is the only way I can re- I-, I can even begin to think they would even pick Chase Young over you know, over Brian Burns or Jeremy Chin. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and you know the media loves to create a, a superstar. They feel like I-, I hate to say this when when we when Cam Newton left. Any star power or national recognition went with him. He, he took the relevance with him. Yeah, no, he absolutely did. The Panthers could have been a playoff team this season, and the media would still be talking about how Cam is playing in New England. Every time, every time, every day, when I turn on ESPN, there's they have like five minutes where they talk about Cam Newton, and it's like, oh, okay, I get it. Cam, Cam is Cam. We don't have anybody like that. And like you said, Chase Young was kind of groomed to be a star. He comes in, he goes to Washington, which is always in the media for the wrong reasons. Um, it's, I think uh, that's that, that essentially that, that was it. Brian Burns is going to get his, and I would rather him get his with a Super Bowl ring in the playoffs. I think that the Panthers are on a much better path than – than the football team from Washington is. So, you know. Especially offensively, yeah. Exactly. Plus, I, I, the Pro Bowl in the NFL is – You get a Pro Bowl. You get a Pro Bowl. Yeah, I don't think players care about that that accomplishment. 
all that much. Being selected to an all-pro team is a much, much greater accomplishment. Yeah. Now, with that being said, real quick, Rodney, before you ask the question, man, um, <laughs> even though we're not playing for anything coming Sunday, now it makes this game a bit interesting because I want to see if, if Chase Young is worth that that Pro Bowl vote now. Well, let's let's see who has a better game. Well, well, Brian Burns is probably out this Sunday, so there goes that, man. But at least we'll, we get to see if Chase Young is worth the hype. I'll say that. That's, yeah, that's weird. Brian's looking for revenge, man. Statistically, it it's not even close. Brian Burns' stats are way, way better than Chase Young's uh, this season. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know anything about football. <laughs> we don't. We don't. Yeah, more sacks, more tackles, more tackles for loss, more forced fumbles. Hey, hey man, Washington, Charlotte is not Washington D.C. Man, that's the only way I can I can rationalize it. It's going to look real bad because the Panthers are going to lose. Yeah, yeah. Then there's that. Yeah. Yeah. So we got an interesting matchup. It'll be Chin versus uh, Chin versus Chase. I mean, hopefully, Chase doesn't steal this. Rookie of the Year vote. Okay, uh, I'll say this. Pro Bowl snub, I can live with that. But if Jeremy Chin does not win Defensive Rookie of the Year, the fix is in. And I'm just going to – I'm just going to shoot it. Leave it at that. With, I'm going to burn every media bridge <laughs> out there. I'm just going to scorch the earth. There's no way you can – I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't. I just don't see if Jeremy Chin is not the best defensive player. Uh, let, let me tell you something, man. If Jeremy Chin doesn't win Defensive Player of the Year, my goal for that day is to get blocked by every national media's Twitter account. Like, yeah, if I don't get yeah. blocked by every national media account, then I have not. I have not fulfilled my purpose for that day. Gotcha. So, guys, I'm. I'm I, I hate to do this, but I have to transition to something a little bit sad. Yeah. Uh, Panthers legend uh, Kevin Green passed away today at the age of fifty-eight. Uh, what are some of your best memories of him in those early Panthers teams? Come on, Pepper, baby. Kevin, yeah, Kevin Green on one side, Lamar Lathan on the other. Woo! Man, that nineteen ninety-six, ninety-seven season was something to behold. Our only our second year in the league, and we're in the NFC Championship game. Uh, playing against Brett Favre and the Green Bay Packers, man, to, I, I, you know, I, I really hate that we didn't win that game. It would have been nice to make the Super Bowl in the second season, but yeah. uh, that that season was was really something special. They brought like this energy, um, you know, to the Panthers, and you know, Kevin Green went on to it was a short stint as a professional wrestler, and you kind of you could see it. I remember that energy, um, energy with him, and um, it. It's it's great that you know for even for a short time we had a future Hall of Famer and a great teammate and NFL legend as the Carolina Panthers. You know, man, Kevin, Kevin Green is is going to be known as the Pittsburgh Steeler, but the, his short time that he was here with Carolina, man, I mean, he was just like a perfect fit. He was a perfect fit for the team. He was a perfect fit for the city. Um, he was a guy that was often seen around town, man. He had this infectious personality, man. He, he he just had this personality that was just bold and 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 a, and a little crazy and a little wild. He's a real funny dude, man. And it translated to how he played, you know, on the field, man. He was, you know, I, and I say this in the most complimentary way, man. He was a wild, reckless dude on the field, man. He was he was a linebacker that was a little crazy, man. He was all over the place. He was just a really exciting guy on the field, man. And 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 to Kaza's point. That season was magical, man. Of course, my best memory is when we beat the Cowboys in the playoffs. That was awesome. Wow. I, I, man, I, I, it, it don't get no better than everybody that. Everybody, daddy was mad. Yeah, everybody, daddy was mad. We didn't beat him either. We beat him up. I mean, we beat him up. We beat yeah. him up. And Kevin Green was on Troy Eggman's ass that whole game, which <laughs> which made it even better, man. But anyway, don't don't get me too excited talking about that, man. But we're we're just all gonna gonna miss his personality, man. He was at, he actually did an interview on WFZ not too long yeah, ago, back in March. Yeah, yeah. So, man, it, it's just we're we're gonna the Charlotte community, even for the short time we had him, man, we're gonna miss him, man. I mean, when I think of Kevin Green, what he bought to Carolina was legitimacy, like mm -hmm. his, right. 
in 96, he won the, the NFL Defensive Player of the Year. He was a two-time Pro Bowler here. I mean, he – I'm going to say this, man. He helped change this to a football city. No doubt. He re, he he ignited the fan base here, and uh, it's 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 it's, it's kind of sad that he will be remembered as a Pittsburgh Steeler more more so, but he was pivotal to the foundation of the of this Panther team along with Sam Mills and Capers and and Kerry Collins and those guys. Um, one thing that one thing that's interesting to me is he still has he's he still maintained that connection to Carolina loosely. Um, I saw Derrick Brown tweet something that, uh, that 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 Kevin Green was a mentor and, and kind of helped him, and it's just like he was our first yeah. round. Pick, man. It's, it's 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 so cool to see the, all those actual connections. And I didn't know that. That's that was, that came as a surprise to me. I had no idea Kevin Green was still cl- that closely connected with the Panthers. I really didn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's not like he was one of the first players really in Charlotte history to come to one of our teams. He was still in his prime. He was still yeah. an all-pro uh, player, and he just came on a whim. I, I don't know how – I don't know how Polian pulled that off. Like, hey, man, you want to come play for our crappy expansion team in their second season? He's like, you know what? Yeah. Uh, speaking of – what's what's Bill Polian doing these days? He's the oh, call him up, man. <laughs> call him up, man. <laughs> Look, look, you call him up. He was like, "Hey, you, you guys want to play quarterback? You black? <laughs> All right, let me quit. <laughs> let me quit. Let me quit, man. Let me but, quit. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, him, yeah, him coming over and really still being a dominant player for us in, in the short time he was here was was a good memory. Also, I remember I playing with him in Madden '96. That was the first Madden that had the Carolina Panthers and the Jaguars in it. And uh, Kevin Green was in the game, and man, I used to just rack up sacks. Everybody up, with, with that. <laughs> it, was, it was great. All right, guys, we, we, we'll, uh, we're going to wrap the show up today, man. Thanks everybody for joining on the whim uh, with this exciting or, or terrible news, whatever, wherever you fall with it. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, we just ask that you like, share, subscribe our content, and I uh, hope you ever, hope everyone has a merry Christmas and a wonderful week. Peace out, y'all. Any words, guys? Oh, um, hey, y'all get y'all's powers? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got my power, man. Look, I didn't, I, go, outside. I didn't go outside and stand in the, in the moonlight or the Saturn light yet, but I'm about to do that right now. I get my power. So, um, <laughs> hey, man, look, I'm and, about to and not do what Matt Rule says. I'm just going to whatever play he calls me. Like, <laughs> about to be a maverick out here. I got my powers, man. What's talking about? I'm actually going to transform my power to catch a basketball and give it to Bismack Biombo. So I'm going to be terrible. I'm going to be terrible with my powers, man. How you miss a LaMelo ball pass? How you miss a LaMelo ball pass? How you miss a LaMelo ball pass? You're doing that. You're doing that. Hey, baby, me, man. Who's taller, LaMelo ball or Bismack Biombo? That's a great question. That is a great question. We're going to leave on that note. Poe, who's taller, LaMelo or Bismack? <laughs> <laughs> y'all, be good, y'all be good, man. Merry Christmas, y'all. Peace, Peace out. Bye,